Amen. You guys ready to get into the Word today? Father, we love you. We thank you. You got a lot of fun stuff going on at the church, especially our anniversary uh, celebration, 30 years. Look what the Lord has done. We celebrate that, Lord. And all that night will be all glory to you. As we see in your words, you said that they came together to celebrate. And we come together to celebrate. Now, we thank you for your word. Your word does not return void, Lord. It'll accomplish what it needs to today. That hearts will be open to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 9? We've been talking about, let's see if anybody remembers. Boy, I'll tell you, you got it. One more time real loud. Right place, right time, amen? We started this series a couple weeks ago, and I said for the month of May... We're going to look at different women in the Bible because it's Mother's Day month. And then the month of June, we're going to look at different men in the Bible. Amen. So, so far, we saw the woman at the well. She just happened to be at the well when the Savior of the world came along. Jesus just happened to be going that way. What a beautiful thing. Amen. Then last week, we saw the amazing story of Ruth and Boaz. And we saw how Ruth just happened to end up in Boaz's field. Here's a poor widow, and here she is working hard. Boaz said, who's that girl over there? And he ends up getting married. Amen. And she is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. I would say that's right at the Amen. So let's read this scripture. Let's look at it straight from the NLT today, the New Living Translation. It'll be up on the screen there for you. Ecclesiastes. 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 Boy, I think I could say that. When you spit it out, right? Anyway, ready? Let's read it together. I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner does, doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry, and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by being in the right place at the right time. The right place at the right time. I want you to look with me at Psalm 37 and verse 1. Because the story I'm going to tell you today is a story about how me and Diane came together. And this was the scripture that the Lord gave me, that Diane brought my wife from the state of Michigan to New Jersey, and we just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And that's why we named our firstborn, our first daughter, after this story that we're going to look at today. Sound good, everybody? All right. So here's Psalm 37. Look at these three words. Say it with me. Ready? Verse 1. Do not fret. Come on, say it again. Do not fret. Come on, one more time. Do not fret. You're going to see this said over and over in this psalm, and I believe God is trying to get something to us. Now, that word fret might be a little different than what we'd say nowadays, so we'll say it like this. Do not worry. Do not be concerned. Do not have anxieties. Now, here it says, do not fret because of evildoers, and there's lots of them out there, right? Nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon... Be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Come on, church family. 
Well, you know, everybody's doing it. That is one of the biggest lies, everybody's doing it. I'm not doing it. Everybody has a little fling on the side. I ain't got no flings on the side. I got one fling right here. Amen? Don't go telling me everybody's doing it. We're not doing it. How many can say, I'm not doing it? Amen? I'm living a faithful life to my wife and to my God. To my God. Just like Joseph said, how can I sin before God and Potiphar, right? Here it says, trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. So here, here's the way my story went. I'll just share it with you real quickly. Some of you have heard it before. I worked at Pathmark. I was working at Pathmark in Hackensack. I was outside. I was about 22, 23 years old. I had a little black, uh, you know, little Bibles. Everybody got a little pocket Bible. I know we have them all on our phone now, but I had, we didn't have phones back then. Amen? And I just prayed a very simple prayer, and I prayed, Lord, when are you going to bring me a wife? And he said, I heard. Read Psalm 37, verse 4, verse 3. And so I read it. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. And here's the verse that jumped out. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I said, Lord, my desire is for a godly wife that's called into the ministry as I believe there's a calling in my life. How are you going to do it? Don't we always want to know the answer? Come on, I want the answer. I want to know now. And I heard, read the next verse. Okay. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now take that for whatever you're going through right now. Trust also in him. Commit your way to the Lord, and he shall bring it to pass. Let's continue on. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. I want it now. Ready? Let's read the next three words. Ready? Do not fret. Come on, say them again. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease, not, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Getting angry, right? Ready? Do not fret. Come on, say it again. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Ain't that the truth? You get yourself full of anxiety, worry, and you're going to have medical problems. Take what this verse says. Wait on the Lord. Rest in him. Let him take care of your problems. Amen? For evildoers shall be cut off. Amen? They will be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, look what it says about us. We shall inherit the earth. Is that a beautiful thing? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. A few weeks ago, might have been a couple months ago, time sure goes by like that, I taught how the earth the Lord gave to man, the heaven, belongs to him. So the earth is ours. One day we're coming back down here. Jesus is going to set up his throne in Jerusalem and we're going to live on this beautiful earth with no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more mosquitoes. Boy, I got a bite up there. No more. Done with. Can you imagine enjoying this world without all the junk that we go through? What a world from the caves to the oceans to the sea to the mountaintops to the flowers to the, to the grass. I mean, it just goes on and on 
and on. A couple of scriptures that we looked at to lay a foundation was Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. God delights in our way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. There are times we're going to fall. There's times we're going to skin our knees. There are times we're going to make mistakes. For the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young. How many here have been young at one time? The rest of you were born old. How many here have been young at one time? I have been young. Now I am old. I just want to change that a little bit and say, and now I'm a little older. Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor the descendants begging bread. Father, can you imagine that one? Pastor, that's scary, right? But my children, look at the world that they're growing in. That's right. But God gives grace for every season. Do you understand what I mean by that? He gave us grace through the 60s and the 70s, and he'll give them grace also. Amen? Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Come on, you know it. Lean not on to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Let me show you how simple a prayer can be. Look at Psalm 25, 4 up on the screen. This is the New Living Translation. When you need direction, here's a good scripture. Ready? Show me the right path. Point, oh Lord, point out the road for me to follow. Lord, do I take this road? Do I take this road? Do I take that road? Do I take that road? Come on, talk to me, church family. Sometimes we don't know. Here it says, show me, Lord, the right path. Point out the road for me to follow. I could stand up here and give you one example after another, how we watch God direct our steps to a home, direct our steps to a, to a sale or something in this life. How many know exactly what I'm talking about? It's the favor of God. It's the favor of God that just gets you in the amen. So today, would you turn with me to Genesis chapter 24? So I want to talk about this story about Isaac and Rebekah. Again, this is a beautiful story of God working behind the scenes to get people in the right place at the right time. Number one, we're going to see here a parent, a parent who wants to believe God for a good wife for his son. Everybody okay with that? This story shows us the importance of seeking God's guidance in life's big decisions like marriage. Marriage is not something to take lightly. Receive this. Don't get desperate. Let me try this side. <laughs> Don't get desperate. <laughs> Marriage has a lot of beauty to it. It can have a lot of hurt in it. It can be a little taste of heaven on earth or a little taste of what hell is like. Come on, church family. Be serious when you're seeking a mate. Well, she's fine looking. That's great. But she got anything up here? And does she have anything in here? Well, look at him. He's a hunk. Yeah, but he doesn't have a job. I tell you something. Well, he's working towards it. Yeah, start at McDonald's. Get a job. 
do something until you're working towards it. Oh, you're just too old-fashioned. I know. That's who I am. Genesis 24, everybody there? All right. Now, Abraham was old, well advanced in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Say that. All things. All right. So Abram said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, this man was in charge of all that Abraham had, please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my sons from the daughter of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son, Isaac. Now, that, that's quite a responsibility. Wouldn't you agree with that? And the servant said to him, well, perhaps a woman would not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, beware that you not, do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, remember, God told Abraham, leave your family and go to a land that I'm going to show you, right? Who took me from my father's house, from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, to your descendants, I give this land. Who is Abraham? The father of Israel. Still here today, amen? And you can study that on your own about the covenant. It's an everlasting covenant. You know, people say, well, Israel's got the iron dome. Let me tell you the iron dome Israel has. Are you ready? The hand of God. Yeah. Now, they have to be born again, just like anyone else has to be born again. Do you understand that? They have to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But God made a covenant with this man. It's an everlasting covenant. All right, we won't get into that, but let's get into this part. To your descendants, I give this land. Watch what he's going to do now. You ready? He will send his angel. Please underline angel there. Before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you're released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand on the thigh of Abraham and his master, and he swore to him concerning this matter. Everybody good with that? Church family, it is extremely important for us to understand the role of angels in our personal lives. They are here to help us on our journey. They're not little cubic angels, whatever they call them, with the bow and arrow and the cotton balls. These are mighty warriors that the word of God says one angel killed 165,000 Assyrians in one night. Angels are the ones that are going to release the bowl judgment, the seal judgments, and the trumpet judgments during the tribulation. Be glad if you are born again, you will not be here for that because it is going to be the worst time on planet earth, even worse than Noah's flood. And that was pretty bad. Amen? Pretty bad. It's going to be pretty ex extreme. Let me just read a scripture to you about angels, right? This is Hebrews 1.13. Go ahead and put that on the screen. And God said to, 
And let me read this again. And God never said to any of the angels, sit in this place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Therefore, watch what it says now. Angels are only servant spirits. They are sent to care for the people who will inherit salvation. Who's the people that inherit salvation? Us. Angels are here to help us. Look how intense this gets now. This is 1 Corinthians 6.2. Why don't you turn there? Hold your place in Genesis because you need to see why do I go to church? Because of scriptures like this. Church is a place that we grow up. Well, I don't like this person here. Well, grow up. Grow up. Walk in forgiveness. Walk in love. Let her go. Look what it says here in 1 Corinthians 6.2. Do you not know that the saints, us, what are we going to do? Well, let me tell you, that's a little bit of responsibility right there. Oh, everything has got to be fun. Yeah, I like fun. But there's also a seriousness to our salvation, right? Look what it says. We will judge the world. And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge in the smallest matter? He's talking here about people taking each other to court and suing one another. He says, grow up already, will you? Work things out. Now, verse 3. Do you not know that we will judge? Go ahead, say it. Angels. How much more things that pertain to this life me and Diane have been taken advantage of with financial things, and never once did we take a person to court. Never, never once. You let it go. And let me tell you, God has given us sevenfold over what they stole from us. Every time we end up more blessed than before. We just let it go. It's not worth building your getting toxic. Amen? All right, let's continue. Abraham's servant seeks God's direction, and now he's led to Rebecca, who will become Isaac's wife. It shows us that God guides, orchestrates the circumstances to bring about his will. Remember, Psalm 37, right? The steps of a good man. Being in the... All right, here we go. Verse 10. Then the servant took 10. Everybody say 10. How many? Ten. Ten. Remember that number of his master's camels. They departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. They arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at the evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Why? It's cooler. When did we see the woman at the well? At the well? In the afternoon, she was hiding, amen? Then he said, listen to what he says. Oh, Lord, God of my master Abraham, he knew this Jehovah God, right, of Abraham. Please give me success this, this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Do you ever pray for your boss? That's what he's doing here. He's praying for his boss. Who's his boss? Abraham. You don't know my boss. Pray for him. All right. Behold, 
Here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out. Probably sees all these ladies coming out to draw water. Let it be that the young woman, listen to this prayer, to whom I say, please let down your pitcher. Now, stop one second, because we picture a pitcher as one of those plastic little jugs that we fill a glass of water with. They didn't have plastic back then. These are big clay pots that they're filling with water. Everybody with me? All right, keep going on. Please let, let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels, plural, a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. So God is faithful to his covenant, right? We see in this chapter that God is going to continue this righteous line of Abraham to get Jesus to come into the world for us. Amen. It shows God's commitment and fulfilling his promise, preserving the chosen lineage, the Jewish people. Number three, we also see the role of prayer and trust. Abraham's servant prays for divine guidance. He seeks God's intervention and guidance asking for a specific thing to identify the right woman for Isaac. The story shows us the importance of prayer and trusting God's leading in our lives. Now watch now for the... See, this means you say it. Here we go. Verse 15. Ready? Come on, read the first three words with me. Ready? And it happened. Don't you love that? Don't you love when it just happens? You just happen to get a check in the mail. You just happen to be going into a house to see to possibly buy, and it's just you know in here that's the one. It just happened that Mr. Wright came along. <laughs> Mrs. Wright came along, and it happened. Come on, are you with me, guys? Before he had finished speaking, I love when prayers get answered, that quick, before he even finished speaking, that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Malchai, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now, when the young, now the young woman was very beautiful to behold. She was a virgin. No man had known her. She went down to the well. She filled her pitcher. She came out. The servant ran to meet her and said, please, let me drink a little water from your pitcher. That was his prayer. Remember that? So she said, drink, my Lord. Oh, parents, teach your kids to be nice. <laughs> Listen to the hospitality, the niceness here. Teach them to say thank you. Teach them to say please. Boy, it's quiet in this church. Come on. Teach them. Look at here. And because she was taught how to be right, she's a virgin. She's talking properly. Watch what's going to happen to her. Drink, my Lord. Then she quickly let down, she let down her pitcher from her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher in the trough ran back to the well, 
drew water, drew for all his camels, all his camels, all his camels. And the man wondered, wouldn't that make you wonder, right? At her, remained silent as to know whether the Lord had made his way, his journey prosperous or not. You think? You just prayed this prayer and you're watching it all unfold in front of you? I got a question for you. How much do you think a camel drinks? I had to look it up. A minimum of 30 gallons. How many camels did he have? You remembered. I'm proud of you. Anybody know their math here? 10 times 30 equals 300 gallons minimum of water. You guys know I worked at Pathmark for almost 30 years. I was a dairy manager. I had to deal with gallons of milk. Your biggest selling item in the dairy department is your milk and eggs, right? Every day we used to drag them things out on bossies, they were called. And sometimes, very rarely, a whale would break and that thing would tip over. You know what 50 gallons of milk on the ground looks like? Never drop a gallon in your house? 300 gallons of milk. Rebecca, a uh, water, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> See where my mind is, right? Keep going, keep going. Rebecca went beyond service. She gave and gave, and because of that, she was highly rewarded. Follow me. She demonstrated hospitality, kindness towards a servant and his camels, and she showed a virtue that is highly favored to Almighty God. Think about that. She willingly provided water for the servant and his camels, displaying generosity, giving of her time, and compassion. I believe that this part of the story shows us again the importance of being kind to strangers. Are you ready? Look with me. Hold your place there. Look at Hebrews 13. Here we go again. Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Wow. I wonder the time I got all upset at that person that cut me off. Was he an angel? They all looking at me strange today. <laughs> Look what the Bible says. I wonder when I took that parking space and just walked out and that person just stood there, I wonder. See, there's, we're not blessed because we hear the word of God. We're blessed when we do it. When we take little times of showing compassion, showing love, showing forgiveness, going the extra mile, helping someone in need, bringing a can of, uh, of soup or something to the food pantry, helping a little child enter into this world. All these little things. Look, I thank God. The Bible says, Jesus said it like this. Don't rejoice that your name is, uh, that your, 
that you cast out devils. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But there's also a book called the book of remembrance. And I believe that's where God writes down every good deed we do. But it went right back down to angels again. So I think there's a lot of angels that are around us all day long that we don't even know. I wonder if some of you are angels today. <laughs> think this room is filled with them right now. Mighty warriors all around. Mm. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Well, as we help, God blesses. Amen. So this story also shows us clearly how God can direct our feet to be at the that is a father that wants to bless us. God is a father that wants to bless us and is looking to guide us where we need to be in life. Now watch, I'm going to give you some truths. We're going to read a lot of this real quick because we don't have a lot of time and I'm not going to pick on Lori for taking up all the time before. <laughs> she thought I was serious when I said at first service. I said, I guess she doesn't know me yet. Amen. Genesis 24:22. Ready? 24:22. So it was when the camels had finished drinking, 300 gallons, that the man, watch how she gets blessed now, took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrist weighing 10 shekels of gold. And he said, whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? And she said to him, watch, I am the daughter of Bethel, Michael's son, uh, whom she bore to Nahar. Moreover, she said to him, we have both strong feet enough to room for you to room and lodge. Then the man bowed down his head and he worshiped God. And he said, watch this, watch. Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth towards my master. As for me, being on the way, Look, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. He got taken right to the right place at the right time to be in the right place exactly where Abraham told him to go with no GPS, no cell phone, none of that. All he had was G-O-D. So the young woman, she ran. She told her, her mother's household these things. I watched this. And now Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban. Anybody remember Laban? Remember Jacob went there? Laban gave him his first daughter. He said he wanted Rachel. And, and can you imagine this? And on his wedding night, gets him drunk or whatever and sticks Leah in the bedroom. Wakes up in the morning. Can you imagine waking up in the morning and it's not who you thought was supposed to be in bed with you? <laughs> anyway, I thought I think it's pretty crazy. Anyway, it's quite a story. You have to go on a little later and read that. And Laban, remember, Laban was a very what? Greedy man. You remember that? Greedy. And Laban ran out to the man by the well. So it came to pass when he saw, when he saw, when he saw, what did he see? the nose ring, the bracelets on her sister's finger, uh, wrist. And when he heard the words of his sister, Rebecca, saying, thus the man spoke to me, and he went to the man. And there he stood by the camel as well, and he said, come on in, O blessed of the Lord. Man, you're a prosperous man. Come on in. 
Why do you stand outside? I prepare the house, a place for the camels. Then the man came to the house. He unloaded his camel. He provided strong feet for the camel, washed his feet and the men that were with him. Food was set before him, but he said, I will not eat until I have told my errand. All right, let's see what goes on here. And he said, speak on. Now, in many churches, they make this statement. God wants people poor. Blessed are the poor in heart, is the scriptural. Money is the root of all evil. Well, you're taking the Bible out of contents there. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. You might be poorest not, but, and, and be a covetous person, if you know what I'm trying to say. Watch here. So he said, I am Abraham's servant, the Lord has blessed my master greatly. That's right. God blessed him with spiritual blessings. Look, I'll take spiritual blessings anytime over cash, but don't take the scripture out of contents. Amen? Keep going on. And he has become great, and he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, camels and donkeys. Guess what those are? Earthly possessions. Amen. So if you've been taught God wants you poor, you haven't read your Bible, we are under a better covenant even than Abraham. But if money ever controls you, get rid of it. Money is a tool. That's all it is. Use it for that as a tool. That's all it is. And Sarah, my master, wife, bore a son to my master when he was old. And to him he has given all that he had. Now my master made me swear, saying, you shall not find the wife from your son. We read all that. Go down to verse 40. But he said to me, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with you and prosper your way, and you shall take a wife. And then he goes into the whole story. And he says, verse 44, she said to me, drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Verse 45, but before I finish speaking my heart, there was Rebecca. Where was Rebecca? Right place, right time. Coming out with the pitcher on her head, on her, her shoulder, and you keep going on there. Drink, and I will give your camels a drink also. Then I asked her, whose daughter you are? And she told me. And verse 48, and I bowed my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the God of my master Abraham, who has led me to the way to take the daughter of his master's brother for his son. Now, if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, verse 49, tell me. And if not, would you tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left? Then Laban answered and said, The thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you either bad or good. Here is Rebekah before you. Take her and go, and let her be your master's son, the son of your master's wife, your master's son wife, as the Lord has spoken. And look what the guy does again. And it came to pass when Abraham's servant heard those words that he worshiped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. Then the servant brought out the jewelry of silver, the jewelry of gold, clothing, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious gifts to her brother and to her mother. And he and the men who were with him, they ate, drank, they had a great night. Then they arose in the morning and said, send me away 
But they said, no, 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 no. Let her stick around for 10 days. Watch what he says, verse 56. And he said to them, do not hinder me. Hinder me since the Lord has prospered my way. Is this beautiful? So I want to read the whole story to you. Send me away that I can go. So they brought Rebecca in and they sent, and she said, yes, verse 58. Then they called Rebecca and she said to her, will you go with him? And she said, I will go. So they sent Rebecca away, their sister and her nurse, Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, our sister, may you become the mother of thousands of ten thousands, and may your descendants possess the gates of deaths who hate them. Anybody remember the Six-Day War, the Yom Kippur War? Israel could have taken all the land through Egypt, but they held themselves back all by a miracle. If you study it out, Truman in 1948 the reason he signed that paper to let Israel become a nation was his mother told him, you take care of the Jews if you ever have that opportunity. And then I believe it was a six-day war, the Yom Kippur War. Golda Meir called President Nixon up, and he was not a Jew lover. Uh, he was not an Israeli lover. And she said basically these words to him, if you don't help us, we're gone. You're the only one that can do it. And he remembered his mother saying to him, if you ever have an opportunity to help the Jewish people, you do it. And he sent over the most supplies they, they say was unbelievable. And the Jewish people are still in Israel right back all the way. History is amazing. They don't tell you all this stuff in school. Come to church and learn this stuff. Amen. Verse 61, then Rebecca and her maid arose. Oh boy, keep going on. And they rode on the camel. They followed the man and on and on. Now, verse 62. Now, Isaac came from the way of wherever, for he dwelt in the south, and Isaac went out to the field to meditate. Isn't that interesting? Another godly man here and a godly woman. In the field, in the evening, he lifted up his eyes, and, and there the camel was coming. Then Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel, and she said to the servant, who is this man walking in the field to greet him? Servant said, that's your hunk. No, no, he said, it is my master. So she took her veal, she covered her face, that was to show she was a virgin, and the servant took Isaac, told Isaac all the things that had been done. Then Isaac brought her into her mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And so Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Church family, God can send angels to us, to our children, to get them, to get us in the right place. He can get our grandkids already maneuvering things. Remember with me and Diane, there was no reason for me to go to Michigan. God had to bring her this way, but he brought her. He's a big God. Amen. I truly believe that he can get the best mate, your best house, the best car, whatever we are in need of, and take us to that place at the... Okay, come on, you messed up. At the... Again, Psalm 37 and wrapping up. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen? God is good. 
Next week, we're going to wrap up the, the, the ladies part of this. Everybody knows what next week is, right? Pentecost. You got it. At first service, they all said Memorial Day. Well, she cheated because she was here for a service. <laughs> Next week is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost is the birth of the church. Amen? When the Holy Spirit came, the church was birthed, and there was a very special lady in the upper room with all those disciples that day. We'll talk about that next week. Anyone, anybody want to know who that lady was? You do? Come back next week. <laughs> Let's close in prayer. Father, we bless you. Again, we thank you for today's choice, and we pray a blessing upon them again as they continue this great work. I pray for Lori and her team there that you would use them mightily. If you're here today, you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Listen, we are a church that believes the full word of God, so that, believe, that means we believe there is a hell today. And there are people suffering there that stood in churches and never made a decision for Christ. Don't be one of them. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Receive Christ and receive eternal life. If you would like to do that today, pray this prayer with me. We'll all pray it together to make it easy for you. Say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. I repent of them, Lord. And I thank you for coming into my life and changing me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you prayed this prayer. This prayer will get you to heaven if you believe it. If you're just saying words, then it's just words. But if you truly believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you truly believe he died on the cross, he rose on the third day for your sins, you truly believe that you're in a sinner in need of a Savior, just like we all were, then you are born again. Amen? So if that's you today, with no one looking around, if you made that decision today, or maybe you recommitted your life to Christ today, or maybe you're not sure yet, what I'd like to do is just give you a little package, free of charge. If you don't have a Bible, a little card in this package, take it to our bookstore. It'll give you a free New Testament, our gift to you. That's it, that's it. I'm not going to ask you to stand or come to the front. This will be placed into your hand. So if you're receiving Jesus for the very first time, rededicating your life to him, or you're just not sure today, but you would still like this free gift, then with no one looking around, it's between you, Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker that'll bring you this gift. Would you lift your hand up high? Let them see it. Be bold for Jesus Christ. And they'll be bold for you on that day. And they'll bring you this free gift. Please, thank you. Thank you for that hand. Please, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We're here for you. Jesus Christ is here for you. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. That you just slip your hand up high. Let the altar worker see it. And let them bring this right to you. 
Well, how do I know? You know. It's right here. You know. You know you got to make that decision. You know. Oh, I just sensed there's somebody. Please. I don't know what's going to happen to you tonight. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Many people think they're going to live a long, long life. And they die a short life. Please. That you just slip your hand up. Let them see it. I promise you we will not embarrass you in any way. Okay. Let's close in prayer. We are having a prayer meeting today. If you would like to join us after church, give us about 10 minutes once church service is over. Today's choice is out there. Take a baby bottle. If you're not going to put anything in the baby bottle, don't take a baby bottle. It costs them a few dollars to bring these here. So be respectful of their money. Amen. Father, we love you and thank you for this day. And thank you again that Jesus is Lord. I thank you, Father, for your blessings in our life. We lift up this week before you. We lift up Wednesday, the online service. We lift up our church anniversary. We're looking so forward to that night. And we lift up this day. And we thank you that you have made us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that we are and we are blessed to go out and be a blessing. Thank you for being here tonight. See you on Wednesday night online.